Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gentlemen, welcome to the 3 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up? Another Wednesday, another episode of the 3 Take. This is episode five. I'm your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. Hola, people. Nate, you, uh, you got anything on your mind before we, before we get going? Or you just want to dive right into it? Got anything you want to share with the people? Uh, no, not really. I think I'm good. You? Yeah, no, I'm ready to roll. But I will say, I was a little, a little disappointed with our energy last week. So uh, I'm gonna try and try and catch off guard here. I'm gonna see if we can get the juices flowing a little bit. Um, I was thinking a lot from our conversations last week about kind of the way we sound like grumpy old men. And so I want to, I want to appease some people. I want to, want to please some people on both sides of the aisle. And I want to, I want to ask you a question. Well, it's not really a question. I want to, I want to get your take on some things so we can kind of please both parties here. Uh, in in our conversations about the way the game used to be versus how it is now, things we like about it, things we don't like, I want to get your take. I want to I want to hear from you one thing you like like about the way the game used to be, and then I want to hear one thing you like about the game the way it is today. Ooh, get the juices. Okay, okay. Let's see. So old school days. You're saying like growing up, like when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, like the way we grew up playing, the way that they play at the majors, and then the way it's the way it's played today. I guess you could really mm. say it's interchangeable because I feel like the little league emulates the the major league. So, yeah, a little bit. I think we saw some of that on the weekend. You know, yeah, um, which is cool because like I like that kids watch baseball. You yeah. know, it's kind of it's been rare. Uh, let's see. One thing I like about the game today. I will say that I actually kind of like the – I don't like the launch angle stuff, but I actually do kind of like the uh, velocity off the bat, ball speed off the bat. I think that's kind of cool. Because you're a Yankees fan and all you hear about is Juan Carlos Santon. Yeah, well, (laughs) uh, I I can't even combat that. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, but it's like, I think old people like us, um, that when like the radar gun first came out, right? And they, uh, I think a lot of people have seen that, that fastball documentary on, on Netflix, talking about the radar gun and seeing how hard guys can throw. And there's been so much technology over the years of trying to like figure out how fast they throw. 
um, I think when it was first perfected and it was first used in a game, I think old stingy baseball traditionalists didn't like it. But now, I mean, it's gotten to the point where any time a kid watches, you know, fastball get thrown in any stadium that they're at, they want to look up and see how hard they threw. So I think it's kind of cool that now that we're seeing guys who are big and strong. I mean, obviously we saw steroid era guys, but now that we're seeing guys naturally strong um, and they're lacing balls all over the field, it's kind of cool to see how hard they're hitting it. You yep. know, yeah. I like I like looking at that. That's yep. sweet. Um, and like you said, I mean, all top ten right now uh, are <laughs> Yankees. So I'm cool with it. Yep, no doubt. Uh, things I like about baseball growing up. Mm, I would say I like uh, something ideally that doesn't really exist much today. Mm, starting pitchers lasting longer preach uh i really like the fact that dudes will go six seven eight on a regular like six was like a minimum growing up you know it was weird to see a guy not get through six yeah now now it's a blessing to get a guy through five yep um it, i mean it, we just we grew up seeing basically starter setup man closer that was it yep. and like if you're losing, yeah, you got a mop up role guy. Um, you got a mid middle reliever kind of guy, but like for the most part, if your team is on, it's starter, setup, closer. And most of the time, it was just starter. We yeah. saw a lot of complete games. So those are my two things. How about you? You got to pick now. Ah, I wanted to put you on the spot. I didn't want to be put on the spot. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think. I'll do mine chronologically. I'll go the way the game used to be. I think one of the things, looking back, uh, and I think we're going to talk about them later as we do what seems like almost every episode, is like you think about guys like Nolan Ryan. And the the thing, I know this is like well before our time. Well, not necessarily well before our time, but definitely before our playing years, um, is seeing the, like, just the hard headedness and just total aggression of pitchers like the bulldog. Bull, the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The bulldog mentality that you just, I mean, you, you see, you see glimpses of it nowadays in my opinion. Um, but, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the, the mentalities of pitchers today. Like obviously guys are going out there, they're just pitching their hearts out, uh, trying to get their team to October. But I just feel like, I feel like it used to be a thing where guys were, regardless what their what where their teams were at in the standings, they're going out there and they're, I mean, they're pitching tooth and nail, trying to get their team a win, regardless of the score, regardless of the standings, right. uh, just going out there and just sticking it to the other team. But like I said, I just don't, I don't feel like that's as common anymore. I think part of it too is because of the kind of the restricted or the the restrictions we put on started pit, starting pitchers, like you mentioned. Uh, I just think there's not as much of an importance placed on starting pitching. So I think that almost in a weird sense kind of affects their mentality because they're like, all right, well, I'm not necessarily viewed as the guy anymore. So right, right. I'm just, I'm just going to go out here, pitch my five, six innings, and head to the showers. 
Um, one thing I like about the game today, and anytime this topic gets brought up, I immediately think about um, Javi Baez in the World Baseball Classic with his yeah. with his uh, very well known uh, point and tag. Um, the no look tag. Yes, the no look tag. Yeah. Um, I know. Being a middle guy, I had to make many tags, and I still don't know how he pulled that off. Um, <laughs> but that kind of energy, kind of contrary to what I just said, I feel like that's something you see a lot of today. Maybe you didn't see as much of back in the day, at least in the same same uh, like context or degree, I guess you yeah. could say. Um, but I feel like today you see... Um, you see that like that childlike passion, I guess you could say, of guys okay. just, just okay. I got have, you. having a great time. Like I know, yeah. I know, being a Sox guy, I see a lot of. Uh, I think it's oh, I, I should know this. It's uh, JD Martinez and Brock Holt after each. I, I'm gonna be really upset if I got that wrong. Almost 99 percent sure it's JD Martinez Brock Holt, but anyway, after each one of them hits a home run, they like greet each other at the end of the dugout after they've given high fives to everybody else on the team, and they like they jump up and down and give each other a hug and like. Oh yeah, I've seen that. It's goofy, but it yeah, that's the kind of stuff you like to see because it's just guys are just out there having a good time. Um, But I'd say that's something about the game today that I like is just that 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 fire, that childlike passion for the game. Just it's good to see, good for the game. Uh, moving on. Didn't didn't plan on taking that much time, but I think uh, I think we appeased, <laughs> I think we appeased some uh, s- some people. We pleased both sides of the aisle. Um, oh yeah, I got the stat cast people on my side now. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I, so moving forward, uh, this is your week in this day in baseball history. So I will gladly toss it over to you. All right, we got some weird ones today. Uh, so first one. 1886 nuts uh throwback this is is a little weird sorry guys louisville's chicken wolf hits a game-winning inside the park home run thanks to a stray dog impeding abner powell from fielding the ball the canine who had been sleeping by the fence refuses to let go of the pant leg of the red center fielder who watches in dismay as the colonel battle, batter races around the bases in the uh, in the five four loss at Eclipse Park? Okay, so I'll address the name because Chicken Wolf is a name. Weird enough, as <laughs> it is, I've never heard of anything like that. Uh, his real name is William Van Winkle Jimmy Wolf. His nickname's Jimmy, but also Chicken, so he's Chicken Wolf. Um, awesome. Gotta love it. Like that would be quite the MLB players weekend name on the back of a Jersey. <laughs> um, second is, uh, do, 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 do 1968 after walking on a three, two count, which included pitches sailing over his head to the backstop and a ball being thrown behind him. Dick McAuliffe charges the mound and drives his knee into White Sox hurler Tommy John, causing the pitcher's shoulder to separate. Yes, Tommy John is a real person. Uh, I know he's famous for the surgery and it's named after him, but he was a real pitcher. Um, 
dude was killing it back in 68. He was 10 and 5 with a 198 ERA, but he ended up being done for the season because of this brawl. And the Tigers shortstop was suspended five games and fined two hundred and fifty dollars. What, uh, what did we uh, calculate that out to be? We calculated that out to be just over eighteen hundred dollars today. What a joke! <laughs> five games, like you just ruined this guy. You just n- threw your knee into him and ended his season. You're like, yeah, five games, two hundred fifty bucks, cool. I'm done. That's all I need. <laughs> Um, let's acknowledge let's we're, uh, we're over two on these, uh, names here. I mean, you got chicken dick for the first two. That's, <laughs> that's brutal start to this day. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Jeez. I'm super, I'm super proud of these finds. All right. This one's cool. Everyone knows this guy. 1989 on a 96 mile an hour fastball. A's Ricky Henderson swings and misses, making Nolan Ryan the first and only the pitcher goat. to strike out 5,000 uh, 5, batters. The GOAT. Um, ended up losing that game 2-0, but Still um, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see 5,000 strikeouts again. We're I, never going to see anybody like Nolan Ryan again. No. So for, for those of you wondering, Randy Johnson is second on that list. He had 4,875. To give you an idea of current players on that list, this is a little wild and shows you how much 5,000 trackouts is. CC Sabathia is the highest of current players at 2,952. Then you got Verlander at uh, just over 2,600. And Bartolo Colon with uh, just over 2,500. I was about to say, so, he had to be on that list. He's been playing for like six decades. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, it's nuts. Um, are we – real question. Are we sure that Bartolo Colon wasn't starting that game against Nolan Ryan? It's not. It's not totally uncertain. What is – what was the thing about Bartolo the other day where it was like he was pitching against somebody who was – who wasn't even born yet when he made his major league debut. Oh, it was yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, what? Dude, you're so old. What are you still doing? No bag of bones. I think he's close to 300 wins. I think that's what he's shipping for. Anyway, that is the end of today's date in baseball history. Love it. Let's, uh, let's roll right into today in baseball. Um, had a little, little, little shift in topics. Heading into yeah. tonight's recording, uh, Nats making some big moves today. Um, actually, no, that's giving the Nats too much credit. We're gonna say the Cardinals and Cubs made some big moves today, because <laughs> um, the Nats clearly have just unapologetically and officially waved the white flag in DC. Um, playing so annoying, so annoying. L- under five hundred ball. I don't even. Depending on if they won tonight, they might be 500. Let's uh, let's do a little quick research here, real quick. Does uh, it even matter? It doesn't it really matter. Doesn't matter. But like... for the OCD and me, ah, they did win tonight. So they're playing 500. They're literally playing 500 ball at 63 and 63 at the time of this recording. Yay! Um, seven and a half games back in the division. Uh, six and a half games back in the wild card. Not. Completely out of question. We've seen pushes much greater than that uh, down the stretch from teams in the past. Um, 
But the problem is, is there three, well, I guess now, what, four and six in their last ten? And I feel like that's been kind of common for them lately. Um, it's just playing under 500 ball. And even if they haven't been playing under 500 ball, it's just been not impressive ball. <laughs> like, I just, I just think they're kind of inching their way to the finish line here. And I think they made that official today getting rid of Daniel Murphy sending him to the Cubs who uh, at the moment is batting 300 uh, he's only got six home runs he's got 29 RBIs he's got an OPS of 784 uh, but he's going to the Cubs who know him well um, he had that one series I'm sure everybody remembers back in 2015 and the NLCS where he hit 529 against him was just on an absolute <laughs> absolute tear Um uh, Cubs right now have the best record in the National League. They're seventy-one and fifty-two. No, nope, let's 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 confirm. Uh, <laughs> seventy-one and fifty-three. Still, I think the best uh. in the National League. Um, but Cubs are getting a getting a solid pickup there. I mean, cannot say anything really that bad about Daniel Murphy. Solid pickup. Um, quiet leader. He's a dude that just goes out and grinds. Um, yeah. and he goes to a team that's been struggling offensively lately. Uh, they've, they, uh, I think it was four runs in the four games they had against the pirates. Um, uh, if, yeah. if I remember not correctly. surprised they're miss, they're definitely missing Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, uh, is, has been out for a while. It, I think just adding some spark to the lineup, some pop. Um, my question is like, what do we do with Ben Zobrist? You know, is he the, fourth outfielder now does he back up daniel murphy at second base does he start over daniel murphy obviously don't have a dh in the nl so like what is exactly the role is is what's going on you know i feel like um you know joe madden like everyone loves the way he manages but as a as a player i feel like when when you bring in this kind of move like how do I get back into a groove? You know what I'm saying? If I don't know if I'm playing every day, I got to check the lineup to to see where I'm going to be at, what yep. glove to bring to the ballpark. It, yep. it kind of throws me off. So I'm actually just looking up Ben Zerber's stats right now, and not even going to lie, I'm completely surprised. I did I was unaware that he's batting 306 right now. Um, he's got nine long balls, 47 RBIs. Uh, I mean, these are just these are solid numbers. I I was not thinking they'd be that good, so I was before I looked these up. I was thinking oh, I'll take Daniel Murphy ten times out of ten, and I still feel like that's how I feel about it. Because being like I said before, being a DC guy, I've been able to watch Daniel Murphy a lot. Like when I go back home and catch some Nats games, and the dude can just swing it. But I mean, you're right. This kind of puts a puts a twist in things. Um, so like he was. He was a Met for a while, right? And right. he, I, they played him in left field for a while. And wasn't he just absolutely awful, like well, no, embarrassingly they, they bad in at, the outfield? They had him at second base, I thought, wasn't it? Isn't that, isn't that where he made the uh, that error uh, that cost him that game? I, th- I, I could have swore it was second base. Either way, like his defense has been somewhat questionable. Yeah, yeah suspect for sure. And so like now – He's let's just say he's less bad uh, at second base. Is is that like his spot? If that's the case, 
now you're suffering a little bit defensively. I feel like Ben Zobris is pretty decent uh, defensively, not to mention he's like old school Little League, like I'll play whatever position, doesn't matter. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like you kind of pigeonhole yourself, you know? Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're, I mean, you're not terribly upset that you've got Danny Murphy on your team. Especially yeah, he's going to hit some taters. He's going to hit some bombs. Especially when you're trying to uh, trying to compete with all these people out here saying that L.A. is going to cakewalk to the World Series, me being one of those. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, right. uh, finishing up the – Well, Matt Adams. The Matt, yeah, the end of yeah. the dumpster fire here. Yeah, you know more about this this situation than I do. Um, yeah, going back to the Cardinals, going back to uh, St. Louis. He's currently hitting two fifty seven with eighteen home runs. Uh, he's got forty eight RBIs, OPS of seven ninety one. I did see on Twitter today some some funny stuff bringing up the salsa theme again from last week um, nice. that we talked about. Matt Carpenter tweeted today, I, I believe it was today. Um, or he said, Matt Adams, big city, wanted some salsa when the Nationals were in town last week. Cordially, I had to deny him of that request due to conflicting interests. Now, <laughs> now, my friend, I shall bathe you in it. It's got to be the salsa. <laughs> this is the dude, kind of Matt stuff Carpenter I love to see. awesome. Basically the greatest hitter in the National League. He's so cool. Um, so, yeah. yeah I mean, like, it's, a, it's a good pickup. I mean, I don't know. I just... I mean, the Cardinals, three games back in the division. Um, not sure. What are they at in the wild card? Um, Got to be close. Oh, yeah. They're actually one of the two wild card teams right now. So, yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's a good power pickup. Um, Plus, he's comfortable there because he's been there before. For sure. Yeah, there's really not much of a, a transition yeah. process for him on that part. All right. So bear with me because, like, obviously you're um, still up in the D.C. area. So you may know more than me, but... Well, to be fair, to clarify to our listeners, I'm down in Durham. Been down in Durham for the last few years. Literally, uh, cool little little tidbit. My first place I lived down here was a five-minute walk from where they filmed Bull Durham, um, which is super cool. Right Top now, three baseball movies right, all time. Yeah, right now I'm actually about five or ten minute drive to where the Bulls currently play. Um, but yeah, I, up until 2016, I was I was Northern Virginia DC guy my whole life. So continue. So, wh- what are they doing? What like what is the GM doing? You just totally, just totally missed the boat here. Like you commit two weeks ago saying this is our squad this is what we're going to do let's double down like let's stick to stick to our guns and then and then you suck it up for two weeks uh you slide back even more right um you get andrew monasterio and cash for daniel murphy uh this monasterio kid's 21 uh play second base hitting like 260 in whatever level, doesn't matter. This is basically a free giveaway. Um, and then Matt Adams was just for cash. Like there was not even a guy involved. What are you doing? Those are, if they're expendable pieces, because uh, I read an article saying that like 
because of the lack of defensive uh, ability with uh, Daniel Murphy, that maybe you're getting a step up with these young guys stepping in at, at second base. And, and then, uh, you know, Ryan Zimmerman being at first, so you don't really need Matt Adams. Okay, if that's the case, figure that out two weeks ago and trade them for something. Right. Trade them for something so you can at least make a run if you're going to attempt to make a run. Yeah. You, if you know that you're they're expendable now, like you had to know that two weeks ago. Yeah. You you screwed up. Like <laughs> big I, time. Like this is bad. Yeah, and I I know I tweeted out today because um, I was genuinely curious myself. Like, what do you do? with Bryce Harper at this point, like, do you, do you, is this basically a move where you're stripping everything down? I mean, minus the pitching, obviously, because the pitching, you gotta, you gotta hang on to that, but minus the pitching, are you basically, are you stripping everything down around him and trying to re-sign him in the off season and basically just say, this is like a hundred percent your team. We're committing to you long-term here. We're building up around you. Or do they just dump him at the end as well and basically just say we're starting from scratch? Because, I mean, they have a decent uh, – I mean, I don't know the the exacts on it, but I know that they've got a decent farm system. So, I mean, they've got, they've got pieces to work with. But, I mean, obviously Bryce Harper, one of the top names in baseball, it's a big – a big move to potentially make so that's what i don't I'm know how, i don't about. know how you pitch it like how do you pitch him how, how do you how do you what do you say in that that conference room you're like hey let's come back here i know we totally stunk last year and uh we traded away pieces and we decided to do things dumb on the front office side of things but i, I think the only thing they can do is offer him a ton of money like i don't think you can say anything about what we're gonna do next year because yeah. If if you do offer him a ton of money, obviously that ties your hands with signing any other free agents, and it's all well, that's also a bad look too because people are going to look at his performance this year and be like, I mean, we get why you wanted to sign him, but he didn't deserve that money, and you could have done a lot more with that money because I know a couple years back he was trying. There was speculation on him potentially being the first five hundred billion dollar contract guy, <laughs> yeah, which is which looking like. Back then, when those rumors were going around, you looked at it and you're like, "All right, this dude's like putting together MVP caliber seasons here. Like, that makes sense." I still think it's a little outrageous, but it makes sense. But now you look at that and you just laugh because it's like this. I mean, the guy's putting up decent power numbers, but at the end of the day, he's not worth five hundred million dollars. I really don't think there's a guy in the league right now that's worth five hundred million dollars. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's nuts. Um, I think I think Bryce Harper's gone. I think he's done. Um, that'd be that'd be my gut reaction. My though all along, I've had him going to well early on. I will say I had him going to New York, but then mm-hmm. as I saw, obviously with Stanton getting picked up and kind of them bringing up guys from the farm system and kind of building up a little franchise there that they've got this year. Um, I saw kind of how he interacted with Chris Bryant, like his former or like his uh, yeah. his Vegas buddy. Yeah. Um and I've seen how that relationship has kind of developed over the years and I I really feel like Chris Bryant is probably low key making a, a strong push for him to come to Vegas and I don't think Harper is gonna bat an eye at that if they offer him enough money. That that'd be my vote is send him to Chicago. I could see him staying in the NL. I could see Cubs, Dodgers, Phillies. I could see that. Yeah. Um 
because like uh, I think it would I don't I don't know if it's an advantage towards the hitter or the pitcher but when you switch leagues obviously there's going to be a little bit of a struggle because you haven't seen those pitchers before and those pitchers haven't seen you right so I don't I don't know which way that advantage goes but I can see him sticking around in the NL. Well, I don't Because, I mean, he, he can't afford to sign some big contract and then stink it up for the first month oh, and a half no. of the season. And the other thing, too, is I don't think – I don't see management shipping him to anywhere inside the division because that would just be just completely humiliating. You ship him to, like, the Phillies or something, which I've heard rumors going around about that. You ship him to Philly, and then he comes back and just tears it up in Washington <laughs> every every other week. Yeah. Just not not the ideal situation. So I mean, I I feel like it could be like a. My guess would be like a Chicago, L.A., just like a big market team. That's the only play. That's the only team that's going to take them. I mean, I even heard rumors about like Oakland potentially, but that that nope. that, that would not work. And that is a very anti Billy Bean move for sure. Very much so. Yeah, I think, but I mean, he's going to want to go to a, a friendly ballpark. For sure, you know. If, friendly confines for hitting yep well uh that's what we've got for really just current events in baseball i know we had a couple other topics we want to cover one of which being the uh we've actually already touched on some stadiums already in this episode but i wanted to get your take on what you thought um some of the best and worst stadiums and atmospheres were in major league baseball um, so I wrote this list based off of, uh, as a fan, um, I haven't been to that many ballparks, unfortunately. Um, that's kind of like, you know, my retirement goal, I guess you could say it's just travel and, and visit each one. Um, so we can all talk about like the Yankee stadiums, the Fenway parks, the Wrigley fields of the world. Um, those are obviously in my mind, the top three. And, and any fan can kind of adjust accordingly uh, in that order. Um, when it comes to ballparks outside of that, um, one of my favorites uh, is AT&T, where the Giants play. Yep. Um, it was built in 2000. Um, so, you know, still kind of fresh, but <clears throat> still has old school kind of layout to it. Yep. Um I think it's just they do cool stuff about it. Nostalgic, longtime franchise. Um, they the the it's on Willie Mays Plaza. The stadium is on Willie Mays Plaza. It's yep. uh, you got the bay backing up right behind uh, right field. That's nicknamed McCovey Cove for Willie McCovey. I actually looked this up. I didn't know this. The brick wall in right field is twenty four feet high. And that is because William McCovey wore number 24. Did not know that. Right? That's kind of cool. Learned something um, You got the, the giant Coca-Cola bottle and big old-time four-finger glove in left field. Um, I think it's just it's a really cool stadium. Really, It seems like awesome atmosphere um, when it comes to the fans. We've, we've seen them win uh, you know, three World Series in the last decade or so. It's just I think that's one of the top ones for me. I have heard good things about that part. Yeah, I would visit for sure. Yeah. All right, so my next one that I have down is PNC Park for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, it, I mean, it's just a sweet backdrop with the with Pittsburgh City and you know downtown in the background. 
I mean, it looks like backyard baseball. Like, you know, when we were playing the game as oh, kids, yeah. it's like it's got that backdrop. That Ekman Acres, Sandy Flats. Steel, wow, Steel I can't Stadium. even you still remember the name. Steel Stadium. They, how, why have they not called it Steel Stadium? Can we, well, can we just acknowledge what, that? I think it needs to happen because what's going to happen is apparently PNC Bank signed a contract when the stadium first opened um, to do – it's like $2 million a year to, to have that name. And it ends at 2020. So maybe maybe it'll be Steel Stadium. Well, I'm, That'd be sweet. I, you be on the lookout on social media. I'm starting the campaign for <laughs> 2020 Steel Stadium, City of Steel, Pittsburgh yeah, it Pirates. it works perfectly. That's, it works perfectly. We might have just stumbled upon a billion-dollar idea. So Yeah, we should lead a campaign. Continue. Continue. <laughs> um. I, I just think it's so cool, man. This is like the ergonomics of the stadium. Um, apparently, the developers and the construction companies were the same companies that designed Fenway, Wrigley, and Forbes. So just like they wanted that old school look, and I think yep. it's just perfect. Plus, you got Roberto Clemente Bridge in the background. Um, it's just it's so cool. They got statues all around the stadium of Honus Wagner and Clemente and Willie Stargell. It's just a, a classic baseball park, yep. you know. Um, my last one, I'm a little biased because uh, I've been there a bunch. I've actually this is the stadium I've visited the most, but Coors Field with for the uh, with the Rockies is one of the coolest stadiums. Um, it's so sweet. Uh, it's just it's right in the middle of downtown. You're surrounded by a bunch of breweries. So you go have some beers, you can walk across the street, go visit a ball game. And I mean, it's just such a cool atmosphere. Um, and they actually, uh, what they did in the upper deck in right field, um, they actually added rooftop bars. Um, so like when you go to the stadium, you know, if you're one of those younger people that just not really into baseball or whatever, you can still go to the stadium, you buy like a $15 ticket and you can stand up on those bars uh, up in the upper deck. And just watch baseball, and you're a mile up in the air, but like you're still in the stadium. Uh, it's just, it's so cool. I mean, they've got like the rock pile in center field, you got the waterfall and the, and the pine trees and the fountains. It's just, it's such a cool feel. Well, they've got you know? the, don't, isn't it, don't they have like a row of seats that go around the stadium that like signify, uh, what is it, a mile above sea level? Is that, yep. is that correct? Yep. It's a mile high, yeah. yeah. They do they that's, do get that purple seats. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, like I don't care if it's friendly hitting for, you know, whatever, like because you're a mile up and the balls are different. I don't care. It's still a cool ballpark. It's a lot of fun. Um if you if you on that trek of visiting ballparks, you you will really enjoy this one. Sounds like with all these uh bars and little Oh yeah, the amenities. breweries. It sounds like they've got it figured out, like in terms oh, yeah. of how to how to bring these these younger quote unquote younger people to the game. Because I've I've had talks with people at work about that that very fact and how like they've gone to they've gone out to Colorado and gone to a game and they're like, you look around and you see people you see people who aren't even interested in the game of baseball like they couldn't right. care less who's who's winning who's losing but right. they're literally like they're they're there having a good time they're pumping money into the organization 
Uh, that just that just speaks to the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it's just like you're attracting. Obviously, baseball fans are going to come in flocks, but you're attracting people that, eh, whatever. I'm just here to have a good time. And at the end of the day, like that. I mean, that's going to at least it. It might not keep baseball alive, but it'll it'll prolong its life a little bit. If, <laughs> if you're if you've got money coming in like that, I don't I don't right. really think the Rockies care how they're getting money. I mean, if they're if they're if they're receiving uh, the dollars like that, I don't really think they mind at all. If the, I promise, if Colorado, Colorado is a low key good baseball state. But they don't they get they get a bad rep because of the the elevation. That's the that's the park that's number one on my list that I want to come see. So I might have to take a flight out there and uh, meet you out there. The places, oh yeah, it's sweet, man. It's sweet. You know, it's funny because like. The Rockies fans are uh, on the come up a little bit. Obviously, it's not the newest uh, or not the oldest franchise, I should say. Uh, so you still get, you know, if the Cubs come in town, you're still going to get a lot of Cubs fans filling yeah. up the seats. But, I mean, it's it's a cool spot, dude. It's I mean, people don't know this, but, like, the, a lot of breweries started in Colorado. Yeah. Like, a lot of breweries. Obviously, Coors being a big one. Um, that, it's just a cool stadium. My worst ones. I got my worst ones written down. I think they're pretty obvious. I know. I'm sure. I'm certain. I know one of them, but I'm curious as to what the others are. Oakland ah. Coliseum. The place sucks. What are we doing? <laughs> this is dumb. What are we doing? It's just so bad, dude. It's so bad. Do they? They don't even use the upper deck, right? No. It's they literally have that. Like, isn't it like a a canvas or like a tarp yeah. or something that's got the logo yeah. on it? Yeah. And then like. Jeez. And then you got football season rolling in and just shredding the infield. You got to deal with like rebuilding the mound every day. It's what a nightmare. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You Awful. Have to, you have to determine and, whether a ball is fair or foul, not by the foul line, but if it that, bounces over the 40 yard line. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. And I mean, not to mention there's so much foul territory. Like, what, what is that? Uh, that can't be fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I completely agree. I am going to backtrack, though, because I know somebody who heard what I just said is going to think that I believe that the football field and the baseball field are overlapping at the same time. I'm well aware that they don't have football paint on the field while they're playing baseball. It was a (laughs) joke. Just listen to it and move on. All right. What's your next one you got on your list? Uh, Tropicana. Of course. Now talk about dumps. First of all, it's not even in Tampa. It's in St. Pete, which isn't even close to Tampa, by the way. Like, it's across the bay. It takes, like, an hour and a half yeah, to get from right Tampa to St. Pete. bridge or whatever. Yeah, what a nightmare. And the traffic always sucks there. Um, you got catwalks going up all up along the, the top of the, the roof. Like, fly balls are consistently hitting them now. The, when You know you suck when you got to implement rules about, like, okay, if it – if it hits it, it's playable. You can catch it. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Well, I just hit a tank, and it hits off the catwalk, and now I have to settle for a single? Well, what are you doing? Well, piggybacking off this whole, like, trying to figure out ways to bring fans to the games, why have we not opened up the catwalks to uh, everyday fans? Hey, I like that idea. Here's your bring a glove. Here's your complimentary pair of binoculars, and yeah. here's a concession pass, even though you probably will miss half the game making your way up and down the ladder to right. get to the concession stand. Exactly. I like it. And what are those cowbells? Why do they have cowbells? I don't know. The, whole, ever, the oh. whole organization's a joke. 
Just and I don't even care terrible. if I offend any Rays fans. Like, just there are accept, no Rays fans. Except the fact there aren't that your organization's any. a joke. There are no Rays fans. You're not. You're not offending anyone. Because that's, Rays fans aren't baseball fans. That's a great. That's a great point. <laughs> they're they're just old, retired people from New York. It's just another Yankees home game. Honestly, it's kind of cool. No, it's a whoever the Rays are playing home game. That's <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. Oh, what a, I mean, the turf is old. It's just what a miserable place. Something that I've thought about a lot when it comes to the Rays organization is it's. It's like, imagine if you were, let's just pick a team. Let's just say like the Royals. Say you're in the Royals organization yeah, and you're just dicing it up in AAA yep. and you finally get the call up, you, you get the knock on the on the locker, the guy says, hey, go to the office. You go in and talk to the manager, says, hey, man, you just got called up. And you're like, you're just pumped. You're like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. You go you go across the, the locker room, you look at the major league schedule and you see that you have to meet the team in Tampa, and you have to make <laughs> and you have to make your major league debut at the Trop. Like, do you serious question? Do you quit your baseball career, or do you just jump on the flight and suck it up? Uh, it's just so anticlimactic, like so lame. I I feel bad for Blake Snell. Like, oh oh, one hundred percent. It, it's one of those things where it's like you you imagine it growing up like in your head you picture it in your head like it's never taking, at the trop it's never take, at the trop yeah never at the trop but it's like you finally get there and you're you're making your way up the stadium or the dugout steps and it's like you're expecting to hear thousands of fans and all you hear is your your spikes clanking against the the concrete like you hear the you hear the fins of the stingrays swimming in the pool, three hundred and fifty feet worst. away. <laughs> that is, uh, I I don't want to waste any more time talking about the that freaking county dump. I uh, will say that I mean, have you seen like the the stuff that they pitch for the new stadium? I did. It looks kind of sweet, and it's, it's supposed to be in uh, I think it's called like E Ebor City or something like that. Yeah, which is right in Tampa, like right above Tampa. Yep. And I I think I saw maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly, but I thought I saw where like the the paneling that they're using for like the kind of the outside of it is solar powered, I believe. So I think it's solar powered and um, translucent, technically. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's what it was. Like I don't know how you do both of those, but yeah, it, it's going to let light in, but you're still going to have protection from you know rain and everything. But it's like, and they're also going finally. natural, right? I think I saw that they're are they getting rid of turf? I think they're going natural. One can only hope. I I think One I think that's the hope. case, which is a great sign for baseball. We're going back in the right direction. Yeah, because turf I'm, is lame. I'm certain that it's inevitable that we will eventually have universal turf across the board, which is unfortunate. But step in the right direction, nonetheless. Fair. Um, so does that wrap up your list? It wraps up my list. What do you got? Uh, not even going to lie. I'm pretty much <laughs> probably the same right across the board. All right. We got to talk about the, as you called it, the, the meaty topic. I think we might be on this one for a little bit. Um, yeah. But this was kind of your gig, so I'll let you let you take it over. 
So this article came out, um, and it was it was named after quotes saying it's it's hard to watch baseball, um, and basically it was kind of tying in stuff about you know this past weekend uh, with. Uh, you know, the Phillies and Mets game of how there was a ridiculous amount of strikeouts, how, you know, there's been a month uh, of this season where there were more strikeouts than hits. Uh, we're currently on pace to have the worst batting average uh, overall in the major leagues in like 40 something years. Uh, so, I mean, they brought in old school guys that they, they uh, you know, got some, some opinions from Goose Gossage and Bobby Cox, um, just about how they how they feel about the game today, and they, they said it's brutal, like it's painful, in that um, you know you, you go to the bathroom and you come back five minutes later and you didn't miss anything. It's still in the same at bat. Um, you know, it's it was it was a eye opening article to read, and it was brutally honest, but kind of sadly true you know what i mean yeah i know like when you had sent me that article when i saw the when i saw the headline i immediately like went into defense mode i'm like i don't want to believe anything that's in this article but after i was done reading it i was like you can't you can't can't deny it can't disagree with hardly anything in that article and i know that's that's what i'd mentioned to you there's some uh i don't can't even remember if you mentioned this already, but there are some staggering numbers in there, uh, specifically in regards to the complete games. I know you had kind of touched on the pitching a little bit, right? Um, but pitching is one thing that over time has just complete. I would say one eighty'd. Like it's just not the same anymore. Um, so some of the numbers that they had mentioned in that article uh, was that I think it said. This season to date, there have been 24 complete games in the American League and 10 in the National League. Compare that to 10 years ago, there were 75 complete games in the American League and 61 in the National League. And then 10 years before that, so that'd be 1998, uh, if my math serves me correctly, there were 141 complete games in the American League and 161 in the National League. And so that is a sign as to kind of where pitching's at. And I mean, we we were talking about the Rays earlier, but like you look at what they're doing with their pitching, obviously. Con, yeah, it's the the opener, right? Yeah. Not a starter, it's yeah. the opener. Right, and obviously that's a, that's a unique situation, but the fact that we're even doing that shows you kind of where baseball is headed, at least in terms of the realm of pitching. Um, pitch count being another thing. Guys, I know you touched on this earlier with guys going, used to be going like six, seven, eight innings. Guys now, I mean, you look at the the stat line and it's like five, six right there in the sweet spot. And then you just turn it over the bullpen for another six guys to take them out in the last three innings. And that's just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a fan of it. Um, But I mean, you might have different thoughts on it. Yeah, it, like the uh, it's it was like I said, guys. Like it's hard to read. You guys should go check it out. I think it was on uh, Bleacher Report, um, and it, it it was a a brutally honest 
I mean, I don't even know what else to say. It's just a brutally honest article pointing out stuff about the game. Um, I think <clears throat> the average at bat is now something of like eight minutes long. Yeah, it said, well, the one stat that, that just blew my mind, and I'd kind of, I'd heard numbers thrown around before, but the fact that I actually was able to see this like in print and it was accurate was they said that the average time between balls and play is three minutes and 45 seconds, which if you've ever watched a baseball game, you know, they're slow, but when you put it into a numerical value like that, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. That's, that's a little much to me. And I think the, the proof is in the pudding with another stat that they included included in there. Um, and it's that the per game attendance this season has dropped to its lowest point in 15 years. And, Assuming that's that's accurate and that's factual, that's a that's a sad truth to to have to wrestle with, regardless what side of the aisle you're on. Whether you like the way things used to be, whether you like the yeah. way the game is now, the fact that attendance is down really really speaks to the battle that Major League Baseball is is fighting right now. Here's one thing I'll say that that wasn't brought up in the article when you talk about attendance. Um, I think we also have to realize the fact that we have way more avenues to watch games you know what i mean with mlb tv right um mlb network uh wasn't what it was 10 years ago really at all um so you're seeing new ways of watching games you're seeing ticket costs go up so like maybe it's it's less about it's still an issue for sure that the games are, are long and slow but i think it's that could combat that argument you know what i mean it's like i i pay for mlb tv it's 100 right. bucks a year um and i get to watch every game i want so yeah. it's it, it makes things easier um i think i don't know it's it's so hard because like the, i think there's so many good things going on with baseball and i think yeah there's definitely some progressive things this whole stuff with um you know the little league and and doing the MLB uh, Little League Classic. I think that's awesome. Great it's for so baseball. good for the Yeah, so great for the future of baseball. Um, but, like, I, I don't know, man. Is I, it I TV it comes... rights? Is it is it pitching changes? Because, like, mound visits, come on. that Was that really your solution? Like, yeah. Limiting the mound visits? Bullpen are you really going to shave? Yeah, come on. <laughs> You're going to shave six minutes off of each game or whatever? Like, stop. I, I, think, I think what we have to consider as fans – who are kind of dabbling in this this controvert this issue here that we have before us is what's more important is it more important that we have people in the seats for games throughout 162 game season or are we do we value the attention more because if it's that if it's that we value attention more your point about watching games like on your iPhone and laptops on stuff if the eyeballs are there and they're interested in the game i don't know there's part of me that thinks that i mean i'm okay with that granted it i mean it sucks that the seats are empty but i i think you're always going to have the the demographic that you'll find in the seat regardless how how the game evolves um but kind of addressing the the topic of um like where the attention of the of the youth and like the millennial the quote unquote millennials are 
uh, or is. Um, I mean, if it's there, like I said, if it's there watching the game, then I don't think we can we can really be too upset because that's at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep the game alive. It's yeah. It, it helps organizations if, if people are in the stadiums pumping money into them. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if we learn, if we've learned anything about like media or sports or anything, really anything, I think attention is the thing that is, is most important. So I think if we were to kind of readdress this and incorporate numbers of, kind of the viewership, I guess you could say. And I know there's been studies done on it and I would, I, I need to go back and kind of examine those to get a better, uh, more educated opinion on it. But I think, yeah. I think if, if the viewership is, is, uh, staying relevant, I guess you could say, or staying, uh, steady, I think, sure. I think then I think that's a, an encouraging step forward for where we're headed. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if these organizations care. Like, I don't, obviously when you talk about Rays and and those teams that are just, you know, abysmal and they can't fill seats, that's a different story. But if you're talking about, you know, not selling out, you know, normal ballparks with teams in contention, um, I don't know if the organizations care because like you said, if, if the viewers are coming in, even if it is from different avenues, even if it is with different, um, you know, technologies and outside of just sitting your butt in the seat at the stadium, uh, they're still getting a cut of that. Yeah. Right. And if you're succeeding, you know, you know that the sales are going to go up in Jersey sales and, and merchandise sales in general, yeah. and they're going to get a cut of that. And, and then you got, you know, mainstream television networks bringing them in for the playoffs. You got TBS and, and, uh, and Fox. And so like you're, you're getting, you're still getting the money. And so is right. it, where's this concern coming from? Cause I don't know if I think it's, I don't think it's coming from organizations. Yeah, definitely not coming from ownership or organizations. I was more so kind of just talking about the, the concerns of the fans and the concerns of the fans over different generations. Yeah. Obviously that's a big issue we're dealing with right now. And I think that, I mean, I don't know. these these questions don't really have answers because I mean, if they did major league baseball is powerful enough to fix it, but I don't even think that they know kind of what the solution to this is. I mean, I, I'll give them credit. I mean, I think they're implementing some great ideas, like you said, with the little league, but I think some in certain areas they're they're, they're missing the boat, like with these pitch clocks and yeah. on visits and everything. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're more beneficial than, than we're realizing, but I don't know. I, th- I think, I, I think, I think the to tough thing is, more. yeah, well, it's so difficult because like I see it as a fan and I see it as a player and, and people argue, it's like, what are you doing? You just, you just hit a foul ball, like get back in the box and, and get ready to go. Or you just threw a, you know, a ball down and out, like just get back on the rubber and throw. Yeah. What you don't understand is that as a pitcher, if you're going at you know, max effort, you can't just hop up and do it again. It, it takes a second to get get your breath back and, and yeah. be able to perfect your next pitch. Yeah. And then as a hitter, you know it's going to take a second when you're when you're lugging this giant piece of lumber and you're trying to hit a ball at 100 miles an hour. It's going to take a second to reset. Maybe you have to re-strap your batting gloves. Maybe you have to, you know what I'm saying? Just relax your muscles a little bit and get back in it. Yeah. So I don't know. Are, 
are we going to settle for, uh, you know, lesser, you know, smaller scores and, and lesser quality game just to make it quicker? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it's, I don't know if you can get both anymore. Yeah, I don't think you can. I think if, that's you, if, you want, if you want these guys hitting homers, if you want these guys throwing 102, you're going to have to give them 10 or 15 seconds in between pitches. Um, probably more like 20 or 25 seconds, but, um, you know, that, that's what you have to give. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I, I listened to this question on MLB network the other day and I actually really liked it. So now I'm going to throw you a little spotlight. Oh, um, if you could come up with rule changes in today's game, what would it be? Mm, that's tough. Um, I don't know. I feel like the ideas that I would be on board with have already been introduced. Like I, I know I literally just talked about like the mound visits, but I, I have kind of seen how that's uh, kind of impacted a game. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of on board with it because I don't care. Old, young, hardcore fan, newbie to the game. Nobody wants to see the manager coming out there 12 13 14 times a game like i don't care who you are that's just it's about to get worse too with with the rosters being expanded in september oh yeah it's nobody nobody wants to see that and i think i think that's they're kind of on the right track there with something like that but in terms of something new oh man (laughs) i don't know well if we want to it maybe not in terms of the length of games, if we want to ter- talk about quality of games and I don't even want to get started on this topic because I could talk about this for an hour and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with me. Let's, uh, let's get rid of the pitcher hitting in the national league. Let's get another, another, uh, another you. hitter in the lineup, provide some quality baseball because nobody wants to see the, the, well, I guess some teams bat the pitcher's ninth. I guess Joe Madden thinks he's creative. <laughs> you don't want to come up there and see the ninth the ninth hole hitter go up there and just wail at three pitches if he even does that. Some guys literally go up, stand there, three pitches, take yeah. a seat. I think that's something that can be done to change the game. And I know there's right. a lot of people, a lot of traditional people out there that are gonna they're gonna fight that until they die. But I'm I've I, I know I've written an article about it on on the website. I think that is going to be something that complete. Well, I won't say completely changes the game, but has a a very strong effect on just the quality of the game because it'll it'll bring more offense to the game. Yep. Um, well, that's for that point that for that point you just brought up a few minutes ago with um, I don't know if you know people were listening to those stats you're reading off, but Almost every year, AL has more complete games by their starters than NL. Right. And that is because managers are forced to pinch hit for these guys when it comes down to a tight ball game. Exactly. So it, it, like, you're going to argue one side. The traditionalists are going to say, well, I want more complete games. I want more innings from my starters. But then you're going to argue the other side of, well, are you going to let this guy hit or are you going to pinch hit for him? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, know. bring in a DH. Yeah. Let these pitchers do pitching because, you know, we've both been around POs, and I apologize if I offend any PO listeners. 
but pitcher onlys are their own breed, man. They're different. They're weird, <laughs> and they definitely can't hit. They can't hit. They can't. They'll convince you that they can, but they think they can, but they cannot. All right. Seriously, though, the one thing that gets to me about this whole pitchers hitting thing is the fact that this whole pitchers who rake thing, the fact that that's a thing, proves to you that it's not as common as these these people want you to believe it is. Because if it yeah, was, to, if, if it was common, exactly. It. If it was common, it wouldn't be a thing. That's yeah. nobody seems to understand that, and I've been saying that for the longest time. The Any, Madison Bumgarners of the world do not reflect the majority. Yeah, exactly. If you have to solidify your argument with like ten highlights <laughs> of Madison Bumgarner, you probably <laughs> probably don't have a strong argument. Plus, I heard that guy like swings an axe like in the off season. Oh, he yeah. does like super manly the stuff. Like so a woodsman. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't count. I love it. All right, what I'm going to say is my suggestion to change. We're seeing a lot of shifts. Right, We're seeing a lot of shifts defensively. One thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to relate this a little bit to football. You know, They limited how many guys you can have on one side of the line of scrimmage. Right, So you can't stack up two wide receivers and two tight ends on one side and have no one on the other side. Yeah. Maybe we do some type of, you know, maybe there's some middle ground to where you can only have this many guys on the right side of second base or left side of second base. You know, maybe there's some type of rule. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to see lines, you know, drawn all over the field, but maybe there is something that needs to be said there of, of limiting the shifts because, I mean, we talked about it before a couple of weeks ago, but like as a hitting instructor, I teach kids to try to hit the ball back up the middle. You try to stay gap to gap, left center to right center. And any good hitter is going to try to stay up the middle. And you realize when a game is sped up, when you're in game, sometimes the pitch is going to be a little bit slower, a little bit hotter, and then you have the rest of the field to be able to work with. But when you're thinking about hitting, you want to hit up the ball, you know, hit the ball right up the middle. We're seeing dudes lace balls up the middle. I mean, yeah. scaring pitchers. The ball's hit so hard right up the middle, and there's a choice up there. Yeah. You know, there's there's a second baseman right there. So like when you're hitting balls up the middle that hard. And you're seeing guys, you know, playing where you've been taught to hit where they're not. Now they are there. It's it's a little weird. And I know people are going to say, well, just hit the ball the other way. Not that easy when a ball is coming in at 99-101 with four to five inch break. It's not going to happen. I will agree so, with you on that. But I am one of the guys who I don't mind the shifts. I'm, I have no reason to believe that those should be taken away um because i don't think taken away just just regulated yeah but to me that's i mean i don't want to get into all these like technicalities and having to stop games to see if a guy was like past the invisible line and stuff like that sure yeah Um, but although it is difficult to to catch up to to heat like you were saying i mean these guys are professionals i mean they know how to use use all sides of the field. And if they don't, I don't see why the the defense should be punished for that. Like if, if you've got this big dude up there who just rake, if he's a lefty and it just rakes to the right side, like I know the joke is, Oh, just like lay a bunt down or something. You might be able to squeak out a double. Like I just, <laughs> I don't understand why these guys are so like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to just pull it like hope for a double 
or <laughs> no, hope for a home run and be happy with a double. Like that's obviously not working as much yeah. as you would like it to. So like figure something else out to like figure out, figure out a different approach. Yeah. Anyway, to finish this up, I think when, I think you're going to see more, this, this game corrects itself. Baseball corrects itself. So I think you're going to see eventually in, in the next couple of years, stolen bases and bunts are going to pick up again. I would like to see that. Yeah. I don't want to see a complete shift to exclusive small ball, but I think a nice little healthy balance would be, would be good for the game. Um, moving on. I got a question for the followers and this as we've discussed, this is not for Tampa Bay Rays fans because, as we've discovered, there are no Rays there fans. Any. Nobody buys yeah, tickets. Nobody buys tickets for Rays games. Um, but for the rest of the listeners, do you need tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to a game or concert before school or work picks back up? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even easier for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. I don't know about you. I would love to save $20. I don't know who wouldn't want to save $20. I know uh, if you were to use the promo code and you save $20, you might be able to buy a Sister Mary Joe bobblehead. Uh, if you don't know who Sister Mary Joe is, she was the just absolute flamethrower that threw out the ceremonial first pitch for the White Sox over the weekend. I don't know. I, you had mentioned that you had seen the video. Just I saw the video. Step- that, was, that was a strike, by the way. Oh, absolutely was a strike. And I've actually got a sound bite that I'm going to play for you. They actually interviewed her. Uh, it was like a day, I guess a day after she threw it. I was confident that I was going to have a good pitch. I really was. Um, but I also was nervous enough to keep myself on my game. And so when I walked up to the mound, I wanted to be very professional about it. And I thought this is my one opportunity to be a, a, a big leaguer, so to speak. And so when I got on top of the rubber and I pointed to the sky to my mom um, and, then, and then did the old Babe Ruth down to the, to the glove, to the catcher, like here it comes in the zone. And I thought, I, I can't wimp out here. I got I to gotta be all in. That's just, that's just me. So I had to go to the rubber. I, 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 I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night and, and live with myself had, had I not done that an ace in my book. Uh, like you said, stepped up there and threw a strike, um, making it very clear that she wanted to throw off the mound. Didn't want to, didn't want to cheap her way out of it and throw from the grass. Really my unpopular opinion here is that sister Mary Joe could be in the rotation of the Baltimore Orioles, despite the disagreement of Baltimore Oriole fans uh, Sister Mary Joe, as I mentioned, flamethrower. If you haven't seen the video, you need to go watch it. Easily pumps sixty in there. She even she even mentions the fact that she used to throw sixty miles an hour. Which, again, if you're throwing sixty miles an hour and you're throwing strikes, you're already a step ahead of the entire Baltimore rotation. Yeah. Um, so she could probably step in and play first base too. Yeah, because we all know that. 
nobody is playing first base for the Baltimore Orioles right now. <laughs> she has a better war. Better war. Mike Trout? Is that is that what I heard you say? <laughs> um, moving on to DMs. I know we got a little longer list this week. Yeah, that's all right. We we like the we like you guys right now. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So first one, Jimbo Dini. Jimbo D E E N E E on Twitter. Are the Dodgers a wild card team? Well, I'm gonna stick to my guns and I'm gonna continue to say that they are gonna be in the World Series and it will not be by the way of wild card. They will be a division winning uh, postseason team. I don't know about World Series, but I do think they win the division still. I'm not sweating too much. But the the, the Rockies are playing well. All right, next one. Jay Wilmer 14 on Snapchat. What are your thoughts on the wild card game? Is it better to have a one-game playoff or just have the top team move on? I don't know. I'm I'm torn on the wild card game. I think it's I think it's awesome for the sport. Um, in terms of kind of building up this NFL or NBA type postseason feeling where there's something on the line before the world, like the, the championship, so to speak. But at the same time, it's, it's putting these teams in like weird situations. Cause I mean, you look at the American league right now and you've got Boston, New York, Houston, Seattle, Oakland, Cleveland, and some of those teams aren't even going to make the postseason, but one of those teams is going to have a phenomenal year and then they're going to get bounced in the wild card game. And they're most likely going to have a better record than their counterpart in the national league, which is, it's hard for me to fathom, but I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely torn yeah. on it. I mean, I, I think it, I agree. It's good for the sport because it's kind of quick, fast paced, do or die kind of thing, but it's very anti-baseball because like you play 162 games Everything's a series. You go by three or four game series, um, and then all of a sudden it comes down to one game. Like that's not how you've done it the whole year, and that's not how you're going to do it after that game either. So it's just maybe a three game set, and I don't know how that ties in. Or maybe it's before the postseason starts. I don't know, but yeah, I, I agree. It's good for baseball. All right, next one: C R N D L L. On Snapchat. Quite the name. Yeah. Creative. Thoughts on NL East and AL West races? All right. Well, we know Washington is officially out. Yeah, they're so, done. So, uh, I don't know. I'm liking I'm liking Philly this year. Obviously, um, Atlanta's got the hype around them with all these just talented young dudes uh, playing really well. Um I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I want to lean towards Philly just with my gut, but it would be, it would be awesome to see. I know I've mentioned this before too. I'd love to see Atlanta kind of break onto the scene a little earlier than people had expected. Yeah. I think I'm going to lead towards Atlanta, but um, I don't know, man. Philly's Philly's cool. Cause like it's another great baseball or a, I should say sports city in general. Yeah. It's another great city for sports. Um, their fans are nuts. Yeah. I think they're they're hated by everyone outside of Philly, but they're still good fans. For sure. Um, 
and Atlanta definitely is coming back on the rise. We haven't seen them in you know like since the nineties. Yep. Maddox and Glavin and all them. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of the AL West race, I I know I've said on here I'm sticking definitely. If there's one, there's one set of guns I'm sticking to. It's that I believe that Oakland will be the AOS champion at the end of the season. I just I think the Astros are kind of just cruising along, but I just think that Oakland is a team right now that has that. I think I've mentioned on here before as well. I just think they have that that it factor. I don't really know what it is, but sometimes it it doesn't come down to talent as much as it does having something that the guys can kind of like rally around. Um, and I don't. I don't like I said I can't really put my finger on it, but I just think that they're kind of taking this Moneyball Cinderella attitude this season and kind of running with it, and I think I think that'll pay off for them in in the long run at the end of the season. I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm sticking with Houston. Um, I don't. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago when I was talking about all these guys on the DL. They're big core guys in Houston. We're all on the DL. So I think from you know what you're seeing of this whole Oakland on the come up and killing it these last couple of weeks, you're also looking at a very un- unhealthy Houston. And now they're getting their guys back. I think Altuve just came back. Um, and they're a winning group, obviously. They just won the World Series last year. I think they know how to play late in the season. I am sticking with them for the uh, for the division. Good call. Good I think call. Um, I think our listeners are going to dislike us a little more after this next question. Mm. Um, Aaron the Kid Two on Snapchat. Who is your favorite to win the World Series this year? And I think we already know that answer. And after Mike Trout, who is the best position player in Major League Baseball? And if you think that person is better than Mike Trout, state why. Who's my favorite to run the World Series? Going to stick with my team. Going to stick with Boston. <laughs> Although I will admit, there, I don't know what it is. As we get closer to October, I just get this queasy feeling in my stomach where <laughs> all these people talking about, oh, have the best record in baseball, but it won't matter when you're exit, exiting in the first round of the, pl- the playoffs. I, as much as I would love to think that this team will just kind of not necessarily roll through the postseason because the American League playoffs are, I mean, that's a that's a battle in itself. And Always. And Always. I don't care how good you are. It's going to be, it's not going to be a cakewalk. But there's, I would like to think that the Sox would be able to kind of move through it with a little bit of ease, but there's just something about, I don't know. I don't know. Scary. What the, it's a stigma. I don't know what it is. I I just get a little <laughs> nervous, but I'm still sticking with them to to pull it out this year. I think they've got. I mean, they, I know I talk about teams having all the pieces. I think they're one of them. I mean, I know they're hurting a little bit with uh, with the pitching staff kind of on the t- on the back end there with the four or five slots, but um, I think they can they can get through with the front front portion of their rotation. Um, and obviously their offense is the best we've ever seen in the history of baseball, maybe even in the history of history. Um, but then (laughs) when it comes to Mike Trout, I just think it's funny that the question was phrased and after Mike Trout, who is the best position player as though like there's no debate, 
I mean, we in last week's episode we talked about we threw out all the numbers, all the all the numbers of the MVP race, Mookie, yep. Jose Ramirez, and Mike Trout, and we didn't even really talk about JD Martinez, but he's leading Trout in a number of categories as well. Um, Mike Trout, obviously one of the best players we've ever seen, probably like the player of our generation, but. I mean, I don't know. I think over the course of a career, I don't think we'll see anybody better than Trout, at least, like I said, in this generation. But if we're talking this season, if you really need the rundown, go back to the last episode. We dissect all of that. We talk about, again, Trout, or we talk about uh, Mookie, Jose Ramirez, and kind of just how they're playing so much. Well, I won't say so much better, but significantly better than Trout this year, at least offensively. But nobody really seems to be talking about it because they're so infatuated with Trout. But that's just my take on it. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. I think uh, talent-wise, the dude's nuts. I mean, it's, he's five tools. We talked about that for sure. Um, I think guys that will give him a run for his money in the current state, um, this you know 2018 season, Mookie Betts, obviously, because I'm not going to go – I'm not going to go JD uh, with this one because of the fact that defensively he's he's not what these two guys are. Yeah, and nor would I. I was just throwing him out yeah. there just to yeah. make comparisons offensively. I still think JD wins the MVP because of how crazy he's done, uh, what he's done at the plate. But, I mean, when you got to talk about overall as a position player talking defensively, Mookie's really good. Um, I think, one, I think he's been a little – surprisingly overshadowed because of Jose Ramirez, but Francisco Lindor, I think overall is a really good baseball player from, you know, defensively and offensively. He's a leader in the clubhouse. I think he's a switch hitter. I mean, he's fast. So like he's, he's another one that I think is, is a really good position player um, that I would argue for. I agree. All right. Last one. A, it's desire. <laughs> Spell that out a, for the people. A Y E I T S D E Z Z I R E on Snapchat. Wow, that was painful. All right. Um, the on. team, the team that claimed Harper off of waivers was the Dodgers, and even though he's not going there, at least not yet, how do you think Harper would do playing in Los Angeles? This really wasn't a hard one for me. Um, I don't see Harper having any problems should he go to L.A. Big big city. He's a he's a pretty boy. I love Harper to death, but we can't deny the fact he's a pretty boy. He's got the flow. He's got the the face of the franchise aspect working for him. I I think L.A. would be a great fit. And like I said earlier in the in this show, I think a big market like Chicago or L.A. would be a perfect fit for him. But specifically L.A., I, it's it's no trouble for me at all to see him in a Dodgers jersey. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I, I agree. Pretty much the same thing. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe him and LeBron would be boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. You got the... Well, I won't say I, the greatest athletes because only LeBron can hold that title because, let's be honest, Harper's not there <laughs> yet. Yeah. But uh, I think, I don't know, maybe LeBron would, would be in that meeting with Magic Johnson trying to bring him to, to the Dodgers. 
that'd be a, that's a good thought. I never really thought about that. That could be a big, yeah. uh, it'd be a big marketing, marketing mm-hmm. thing for LeBron. There's some money to be made there. Um, you heard it. You heard it here first, kids. You heard it here first. Harper to L.A. All <laughs> thanks to LeBron. Can you imagine? Oh my God! Can you imagine the the field day ESPN would have with that? That's like their they two would... favorite people. The only thing that would make that better. The only thing that, else. The only thing that would make that better is if somehow Aaron Judge was in that deal to go to LA. <laughs> oh my! ESPN would be just giddy with excitement. All right, uh, let's let's wrap this thing up. We've been talking way too long. Um, Lightning fast round here, wrapping up the recap. In 1886, dogs proved why they're the goodest of boys. Tommy John didn't exactly have a pain-free career. Nolan Ryan, as mentioned in previous episodes, was one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history. If you don't agree, tell him that. Please be my guest. Nats have officially thrown in the towel, even though they should have done it a month ago. Uh, You guys definitely need to get out of your comfort zone, head to some new Major League Baseball parks. Uh, baseball is changing. It always has been and always will be answers. The questions many of us have, uh, regarding its evolution will be hard to come by, but in the meantime, the best thing we can do is talk about it. Um, and lastly, if I ever manage a team, sister Mary Joe will be the face of my franchise and my ace nice. sending it to you for what they're not talking about. This one will be quick too. Uh, Jason Greeley. I don't know if you guys know Jason Greeley, former uh, relief pitcher. He's bounced around the league quite a bit. He's a Blue Jay. He's a Pirate. Uh, he's been all over the place. He is somewhere in limbo with the free agent retirement age. He's 41. Um, this dude is driving bulldozers uh, outside of Pittsburgh, um, helping build youth baseball complexes. I think that's so cool. Um, super cool guy, giving back to the community uh, and, and doing it in his hometown. Or at least where he lives, anyway. Uh, next one, Orioles. Let me break this down. I'm going to say this slow. Orioles are 37 and 89. They're 50 and a half games back in the AL East. Five zero point five games back in the AL East. They are more games back than they have wins. Painful. That's, that's a, so bad. That's a beautiful thing for the Red Sox. I think that says a lot more about the quality of the top two teams in the division. Okay, and let's not lump the Yankees in there. Okay, just did, just did. The Red Moving Sox, on. The, they're leading the division. That's how they determine games back. They don't base it <laughs> off of who's in second place. You're not slick. <laughs> Next one, you um, Darvish was recently recently shut down for the season. Um, but what's not being talked about is. Japanese pitchers coming over to the U.S. Um, a lot of the big names have had some type of major surgery um, in a short time being over here, or a long time, but whatever it takes. It. I mean, eventually they're going to have that surgery. Um, you see, you saw Daisuke Matsuzaka a while ago. Uh, you got uh, Fujikawa and uh, Masahiro Tanaka is the most recent one. Um, I don't know what's going on over there. Maybe it's their balls are a little bit different. I don't know if you guys knew this, but their balls are a little bit smaller. Um, they actually don't come in as pearls. They already come in pre-rubbed up and pre-kind of sticky, a little tacky. And then, you know, they, they do six days uh, off instead of uh, every fifth day with the uh, rotation ex- uh, appearance. So things are a little bit different over there. 
I think you're seeing them come over here and seeing a little bit of a struggle and some wear and tear that's not healthy for them. It's kind of sad. Um, staying on the injury gravy train, Buster Posey is now shut down for the season. He's going to have hip surgery. Are we done seeing career-long catchers? Uh, Joe Maurer, another one who just had a ton of injuries and eventually just moved to first base and gave up on catching. Is Yachty the last one we're going to see of just career-long catchers? Kind of sad. I vote yes. Kind of sad. So think about that, peeps. That's all I've got. I'm out of here. Well, that officially wraps us up. We're going to do a little different here with this week's outro. I'm going to ask you if you could just do one thing. You don't have to follow us on social, none of that. I'm going to ask if you could just leave a review or rating for us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, That'd be greatly appreciated. It helps us get seen. Um, And if you are one of the ones who's able to leave us a review, send me a screenshot of the review that you left. Um, send it to me via email or social media, any of the platforms. If you send me a screenshot, I will send you a decal. Uh, you can choose. They're up on our shop. The website is shop.dtdbaseball.com. You can check out the decals. Let me know which one you want, and I will gladly send you one. So, again, if you could leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. And until next time, stay filthy.